You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Ben Notes is our weekly jazz program going to air each Sunday night. My special guest tonight was born in England where she was discovered in a pub-run talent conquest. Her first gig was a three-month gig in Dubai before following her sister to Australia. It was a six-week trip of singing in places she had only ever dreamed about. And it was during this trip that Grace Knight learnt the value of pleasing an audience, something she's been doing ever since. It's my pleasure to welcome to Bent Notes on John 94.9, Grace Knight. Hi, David. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Grace. Good. good. Hello, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say hello and they, they... Look, we've even got a studio audience here that can applaud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, enough. <laughs> <laughs> They're a very well-behaved studio audience, they Grace. They are. <laughs> <laughs> now, Grace, let's go back to the start for a moment. What are your first memories of a, a sense of wanting to be a performer rather than just someone who sits around listening? Do you know, I don't even remember thinking about it. It was, it was something I knew. I just knew it. I mean, I would dream about how it would unfold, but um, I came from a family of... And so it was kind of in my blood. There was music was big in my family. Um, my um, father was an opera singer. Um, my grandfather made records for ex-pat Scots in Canada. My nana was a, um, a singer as well, and we all used to sing around the piano. <laughs> oh, what a great way to do things! <laughs> well. It sort of was, but it kind of wasn't as well because, you know, as kids it was like, oh, God, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously it had an effect on you, and and as you say, it became just part of what you thought life was. Yeah, look, I I kind of dreamt that I would be, I was going to be Elizabeth Taylor. That was my dream. And I was very um, jealous when she, um, when I saw National Velvet because I thought, that should have been me being, you know, riding that horse. I was a, I, I was quite a good horse rider when I was young, and I wanted that role for myself. So I decided very early in my life I'd be married three times, as as was Elizabeth right. at the time of my wish. Of course, <laughs> I couldn't keep up with her, but um, I think I've managed three times so far. <laughs> Grace, who were the inspiring musicians for you when you were younger? I think Judy Garland was probably one of the people I really enjoyed singing with. And I remember singing, um, oh, what was it? Mr. Kelly, if I may. I've got a cold, excuse me. <laughs> Remind you to remember the day. And I would sing, you know, along with Judy Garland. Um, I can't even remember the name of the movie. What movie would that come from? Oh, I'm not sure, Grace. Bang, 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 when the trolley. Oh. When the dee. Oh, it'll come to me. I yep. Half of your listeners are screaming down. They, they will be. Well, they can send a message in if they know the answer. When my heart strings, when I dance and I saw my heart break. Come on, help me out. Anyway. went the strings of my heart. That was probably one of my earliest influences. And I think the next sort of early influence was... Um, sitting outside the the gospel church in Stevenage, uh, where I was brought up. I used to go and sit out there on a Sunday early evening in the summer. I was petrified to go inside because um, I would have been the only white person in there, and I was probably eight or nine years old, and, and so I, I didn't have the courage to go inside, but I used to just... It was a shop, 
that was um, their church. And uh, I used to just sit outside the shop and just close my eyes and sing along to the hymns that they were singing. And it was just fun, this beautiful gospel music. So um, I think they were my earliest influences. Well, that would be an amazing experience to be sitting outside the church hearing this beautiful music come through the doors. Oh, it was it was incredible. It, I, and I, I so wanted to go inside. And, of course, now I'm sure that if I had of you know, said, can I please come in? I'm sure they would have made me very welcome. I, I was a bit too afraid to do that at the time. Did jazz fit into your musical experiences back then, Grace? No, I didn't know, you know, I'm not even sure I know now what jazz is. But no, I, look, I just really, for me and and I guess my family, music has been about storytelling. My mum's Irish, my father's Scottish, it's a very Celtic thing to, you know, sit around and tell stories. And so that's what music has always been for me. So I've never really been too concerned about the genre of music, but that there'd be a really good story to tell. And I suppose that it actually is important more so than genre because that's what the song's doing. It's giving a message to people, whether it be a, a story or a poem or whatever it happens to be. Well, look, Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'll pay for that. <laughs> but it, it certainly that's always been my reason for singing. And you also write and and compose poetry. Oh, look, I'm I'm not. <laughs> I've done a little bit. I, I'm I'm yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to pretend. I'm crap at writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> do you write your songs in a, a poetry fashion and then put them to music, or do you just write songs with a different perspective to poetry? Look, once again, no, I try to have the music first and that that dictates the meter by which I'll tell the story. And and so then I will slot a story on top of the meter or the beat of of the song, of the track. But I look, I don't pretend to be good at it. Sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you did mention then that you're not overly concerned with the genre as well as it's a good story that you're telling. I've read that uh, you've learned a valuable lesson about understanding who your audience is, and I suppose that seems to fit all within the same sort of general area of providing something the audience can uh, enjoy. And I've, I've read that you learnt about pleasing an audience on the way over to Australia on the ship. Tell us a little story about that. Uh, well, I... I... At this point of my life, which was kind of, I think, 1977, um, I, had, I was learning to play guitar. I was in a, a national talent quest with my guitar teacher, who became my boyfriend, and we would sing his songs And um, while he was teaching me to play guitar. And so I would sing harmonies with him because I thought that's what you were supposed to do because it's what my family did around the piano. And so before too long, um, I wasn't a great guitarist, but I was singing harmonies to his songs in folk clubs. We got involved in this talent quest and we kept winning our heat. When it came to the semi-final, an agent from London came to see all you know the different performers and he offered us a job in Dubai. What an opportunity. Oh, it was an incredible opportunity and this boyfriend of mine, this stupid boy um he didn't want to do it he wanted to keep on with the um talent quest 
And I'm saying, I, I don't know why you need to think about this. We can go to Arabia. <laughs> you know, why, why do we need to have this conversation? But anyway, we did go to Arabia. I got the bug for um, traveling, and then I encouraged him to, you know, that we needed to next go to Australia and visit my sister. And, of course, I didn't have any money, neither did he. So I said, well, we'll sing on a ship. And we got a job singing on the ship. Now, <laughs> now to get to your answer, David, that was <laughs> such a long time getting there. I'm sorry. We got on the ship, and um, most of the uh, passengers were from the Women's Weekly World Cruise, and m many of them were in their 70s. And so while we were singing my boyfriend's self-penned songs, um, the audience were just staring at us, just falling asleep. And uh, the cruise director said, look, that's not going to work. You need to do songs that they know. And so I grabbed a, an album that I found on the ship called A Little Touch of Schmielsen in the Night, and we copied it track by track. Oh, did you really? Yeah, every single song on the album. And uh, and that's where I learned uh, songs like Another Bride, Another Groom, Another Sunny Honeymoon, Another Season, Another Reason to Make Whoopee. And so we were singing songs like that to 70-year-olds. And, of course, they knew them very, very well. And that was a lesson in knowing your audience. Which is a very important lesson. I learned it very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and within that, I suppose within that small, enclosed environment of the ship, you had no opportunity but to learn that lesson quickly. That's correct. I didn't want to you know, get chucked off the ship in Sri Lanka. I needed to get all the way to Fremantle. So I would have, I would have sung anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was such a fabulous opportunity. I mean, here I was, twenty, you know, twenty years old, and you know, I'd been to Cairo, Gibraltar, Malta, Sri Lanka. I'd been to all these fabulous places. You know, I'd been inside the Cheops Pyramid. I didn't have two pennies to rub together, but I was on a ship. They were feeding me. I had accommodation. I just had to sing for an hour a day. And I was like, I'm going to be a singer. This is, this is such a good luck. You were on your way, Grace. That was the beginning of the end. <laughs> on Joy 94.9, my special guest tonight on Bent Notes is singer, actor, sax player, songwriter, <laughs> author and poet, Grace oh, Knight. Please don't read the PR stuff. <laughs> Joy 94.9. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Find more Joycasts and show blogs, go to joy.org.au. Keep cool, fool. And that was Grace Knight singing on the recording with Ben Robertson on the double bass, Dave Beck the drums, Sam LeMann guitar on the DBs for additional vocals with the title track of her 2012 album, Keep Cool Fool. And it's my pleasure to say that we're talking to Grace Knight here on Bent Notes tonight. Grace, a beautiful track. Oh, thank you. I, David, I should let you know that the DBs are actually Sam, Ben and Dave and, uh, and they call themselves the Dog's Breakfast. 
Oh, so really? Yeah, yeah, so they're doing backing vocals, um, which was so much fun. They, I mean, these are all, you know, this is a drummer, a double bass player, and a guitarist who are not renowned for their singing abilities, but they took it so seriously. <laughs> It was fantastic, actually. And, and was it planned to have them uh, singing backing? Um, look, I, I mentioned it, but I, I don't think they thought I was serious until I said, OK, well, I think we're ready for the BVs. And it was like, oh, right, OK, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that, no problem at all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's great. I think they did a fantastic job. And um, it, It's a beautiful album because it's all great standards that, we get to listen to and enjoy, sit back and relax. There's nothing harsh about it, which is a nice thing to have uh, in terms of sitting back, relaxing, to have some music that's enjoyable. Oh, look, thank you for that. I think this is probably one of the first albums that it's a very hard thing to capture joy on an album. There is no button that says, you know, turn up the joy on this album. But when you work with a group of friends and you're all sitting opposite each other and, you know, you might be separated by a piece of perspex, but you've got contact with each other and you're recording it live as you're playing it. It's joyous, it's fun, and we've done it so often. We, we really enjoy what we do, and I think you can hear that on this album. It's something that comes across on some albums much more than others is that, that sense of happiness and joy and brightness and sparklingness that's there. Other albums, yeah, nice music, but they just don't have that sparkle on top. I know, I certainly enjoyed, and I always enjoy working with these guys whenever it's live or in the studio. It's an absolute pleasure, so, yeah, I'm up for it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Grace, that's Rex. Is that your dog in the studio? Yes, that's our dog in the studio, and we have a dog. Do you remember the days when the postman would come up to letterbox and pop something in and the dog would bark? Yes. Well, that's Rex. I... Right, that's a digital Rex, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, it is a digital Rex, but it, he comes in useful to tell us that there's a message waiting for us. So, oh, lovely. Corey's uh, our panel operator. We did ask that question before that uh, about the trolley song. Jimmy from Alfington says, uh, from Meet Me in St. Louis. That's it. And we've also got a message from South Yarra who writes, Nice to listen to some great jazz on an interesting night. Great interview with Grace Knight, a great artist that's transitioned easily from one genre to another. Thank you. Thank you very much, South. Now, now, Grace, your jazz credentials, I suppose, were, what would you say, cemented when you not only recorded backing tracks for the ABC television series, but you starred in the program as well, Come In Spinner. Look, I know I didn't, I can't, I can't let that one slip past. I didn't star, I had a little cameo role, but I felt like I was starring. I'm um, sure you did. It, it was so much fun. I played a, a cameo role of Lola the, um, you know, the barroom or the nightclub singer, which was just, it was fantastic. I, I just absolutely loved it. Was that because you'd always had a passion for acting or was, was it because of the musical component of that role? No, I, I didn't want to do the music. In fact, when I was asked if I would audition for the part for Lola, I actually suggested that they had the wrong person. They maybe needed to go and talk with Kate Sobrano because she had done an album earlier, and I thought perhaps, you know, this was more her bag. And, I, and, and to be honest, I didn't want to get the lady at um, Di Manson at the ABC. I didn't want to get her in trouble for choosing the wrong person, i.e. me. 
because I'd never sung jazz and, and I had no interest in it. But I, I did have an interest in acting the role of Lola. And that's really all I was interested in. <laughs> <laughs> but they said, no, Lola really has to sing these tracks. And I said, oh, I'll go. You know, <laughs> you, you'll give it a go. I'll give it, well, exactly. That's exactly what I said. I'll, I, I'll give it a go. But I don't know why you're asking me to do it because um, I don't, I've never done it before. And uh, Diane Manson from the ABC said, well, I think you'll, you'll do it well. And you certainly did. You got to work there with Vince Jones and the rest of the team on that, uh, that production. Did that tell you at the time that this was going to be something in your future, to be singing jazz or jazz-related? No, no, it didn't. And, and I actually didn't work with Vince. This, this album was recorded very, very quickly for the, uh, the, the soundtrack. And so what was happening was Vince was coming in you know, and he was doing his stint yeah. in the recording studio. And as he finished singing, I came in and then I did my stint. And then Vince would come back in. And so we never actually, you know, we certainly didn't sing together, but we never even hung around together in the studio. And and I must say, I, I really did feel like, um, uh, you know, I was out of my depth at the time because I was very much used to recording Eurogliders pop songs, but I, I, I just didn't really know what I was doing, you know, in, with the Come In Spinner ones. And I remember asking Bernie Lynch from Eurogliders, can you please, you know, just find a reason to come into the studio and have a listen and tell me how it's sounding because um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they want. <laughs> But as you know, you know, with the benefit of um, hindsight, it, it it was a very, very successful album for the ABC. And uh, look, and my career just took a whole complete left turn because now you know I was a jazz singer, which frightened me even more because you know jazz is such a you know it's such a specific genre, such a you know it's 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 its own style of music. And I, according to the jazz police, had no business to be there, which just got, you know, kind of got my goat. And I thought, well, you know, this is selling a lot of albums and, you know, I'm just going to keep, um, I'm just going to keep performing them while, the, you know, the public is showing interest and coming to my gigs. They must enjoy it. So I'm going to listen to them and I'm not going to listen to you. So you've listened to the the audience coming over on the ship to Australia and had success, and you've done likewise uh, moving into jazz. Well, that's you know that's always been my bag. <laughs> you know, the people that actually um, commit to you are the people that you know that the, the people that put their hand in their pocket and pay thirty dollars to come and see you, or you know, pay for your album. And these are always the people that I'm interested in, the ones that write about it. You know, much as I love getting good reviews, they don't actually pay, um, you know, to, to uh, review an album. They just say what they think. And, yeah, so I'm really more interested in the audience than anyone else. And ultimately it is the audience, as you say, that pays the bills, the audience that purchases the CDs and supports the music that they're listening to. That's 
You've also got the opportunity and have had the opportunity in the past of performing with some big bands, not just the, the small groups. You're performing... I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> with the Daryl McKenzie Jazz Orchestra. What a marvellous band to be performing with. They're amazing. I had a little, a little run through with them last Monday. Oh, it's like a steam train coming up behind you. The sound is... It's a wall of sound. It, it's absolutely massive. And it's fantastic. These guys are such good guys and girls, are such good players. Um, I feel really, really lucky to be working with them. What can we expect to hear with the Daryl McKenzie Jazz Orchestra, Grace? What will you be singing? Um, Look, I'm going to be doing songs from right across time, really. You know, like from the 1920s through to now, um, there'll be, you know, there'll be songs done in this big band sound. Um, you know, Keep Cool Fool that we've just heard, for example, we, you, you just played quite a, um, you know, a laid-back version of it. Um, we'll be doing a big band um, version of that. That'll be magnificent. It, it's going to be big, believe me. <laughs> wow. Well, Grace... It sounds like an extremely entertaining night with a big band and that, that steam train behind you. <laughs> I, I think you're the one to lead the band on that night. Your, your experience is there and the voice is there to, to give us a fantastic night's entertainment. You have quite a schedule, I've noted on your website. You're a busy young busy lady. Yes, you can say that again. I'm a busy, very young, busy lady. young lady. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, David? Um, of course, I'm not young, but... Um, it's just like, you know, hell or high water. I'm just going for it. I'm recording albums. I've rec- I don't know how many I've recorded in the last year, um, three. I'm just going for it because, you know, I, I've had such a fantastic career. I don't know how much longer it's going to go for. I, I'm just going to keep plowing ahead. So I, I, I'm working all over the country. I'm going to put out a new album maybe next week or the week after. Oh, I look forward to seeing that. And it's not jazz. Yeah. It's not jazz at all. It's quite a different album. But I'm just going for it. So, And working with Daryl McKenzie and his big band is also part of that. Come on, let's, you know, let's go out not wondering. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, Grace, thank you so much for your time tonight. Really appreciate that. We have uh, one message that's just come in. Oh, there's, there's Rex. And the message says... As a teenager, Heaven was one of my fave songs by Eurogliders. Love to Grace from Scotty. Oh, Scotty. Grace, thank you so much for your time tonight. David, it's lovely to chat with you. Grace Knight on Joy 94.9. Bye. Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.